Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. I want to talk about a couple of things. The U.S. consumer, as I've mentioned in the past, that is the most important economic entity in the planet, what the U.S. buyer is doing, and what may or may not be happening with interest rates. Quick brief of the numbers. ISM services and manufacturing numbers both came in at 587 it's a good number, very positive, sort of expansionary. It corrected a little bit as the data has improved. The first estimate for GDP for the fourth quarter, I love that, first estimate of the fourth quarter, came in at four, about where it should have. Good number. I think those estimates will increase over time, over the next couple of months. The end of 2020 will end up in the fours, I don't think it'll ever make to the fives. I think we might see 5% GDP in 2021, where we are now, maybe a little bit higher, and then slow down a little bit. In the foreseeable future, the next couple of years, we should get back down in the threes. Productivity is okay as the economy picks up. Uh, all of those factors that are going into this equation right now means we'll get back to where we were middle of 2021. Unemployment down to 6.3. Initial claims lowering a little bit. Some people are getting back to work. There's a lot more people leaving the workforce than going back to work. The labor market is changing. In some respects, they're waiting for the possibly $15 an hour minimum wage, whatever happens on the federal level. Oil, $56 a barrel. They're adjusting that price right now. OPEC is starting to take control of the market again. They believe that $60 a barrel is just the minimum where all the production that's available in the U.S. will come back online. It's pretty much offline right now. The United States is not dependent on foreign oil anymore. Probably never will be in the future. So it's very, very market-oriented. Oil back in the 80s, I think... Not likely. There isn't a, a, an issue out there right now other than a supply crisis that would do that. The rest of the numbers, mortgages are still in the twos. The yield curve is looking like a real yield curve. It's getting steeper, a little more confidence in the economy. Now, here's the consumer. You remember we got a big spike in the transfer payments at the first round of the stimulus checks? There it is. It has left the economy. It's been used in the economy. There will be more of this coming. We will see spikes like this again, but I don't think we will see drops in consumer spending like we did when the lights went out. Consumer spending is back where it was, a little over $14 trillion. Yes, that's bigger than the entire economy of China. People are buying. It's going to take a little while before Refrigerators and ovens and that sort of thing, major appliances are made in the U.S. Sales of cars are slowed because of chips. There's a number of things that are mellowing out a little bit. There's not a lot of travel. There's not a lot of hotel rooms, movies, that kind of stuff. Not a lot of restaurant stuff yet. It's almost all on the upside, as will consumer spending be on the upside. Quick review of consumer debt. A lot of talk going on right now about some forgiveness of student loans. The dark blue line up there is student loans. It is the largest single entity outside of mortgages 
in the consumer debt side of the balance sheet. They're talking maybe 10000 a person, could be anything. How that works out fairness-wise for people that have paid off their loans or productivity, what's it going to do for the economy, all the rest of that stuff, it's not part of the current stimulus plan, the $1.9 trillion that Congress is playing with right now. Student loans just happen to be more than autos and boats and credit cards. Credit cards, we've talked about before, that's the red line here, that's revolving debt, continue to drop. People are out spending, they just don't need their credit cards to do it. They get some miles, pay the card off. That debt is not increasing. Non-revolving debt, consumer debt, motorboats, that kind of stuff, is decreasing too. There is a lot of free financing out there, especially in the automobiles, but sales have slowed because manufacturing has slowed. GM is going to have to slow the manufacturing down at several plants because they can't get all the electronics. Mortgage loan applications are up very high. This is really the heyday of buying and selling and acquiring mortgages, a lot of home transactions. I think there's going to be a consumer breakpoint if mortgages, and I do mean if mortgages, well, when mortgages get back into the fours, but it's amazing how dramatic that is. Gee, people are so used to having their mortgages in the twos, they're scared to have a mortgage in the fours, even though it has very little impact on the payments. If rates go up, it'll take the 10-year, which is about 1.15 right now, it'll have to almost be 140 to start moving mortgages out of the twos, even into the threes. That would take a lot of inflation to do that. Uh, that's pretty much the only factor out there right now. You look at wages, which is normally a place where we get a lot of push into inflation. Uh, there's no push here. Costs, employment costs aren't growing very quickly. They're hardly growing above inflation, which really isn't even at two. Benefits, all the rest of that stuff is hardly growing at all. There's nothing here that's pushing for inflation that would impact a number of other things. The only issue that is raising rates right now is the $15 trillion treasury market, far and away the most important bond market on earth and the most liquid. Well, we might take that from $15 trillion to $20 trillion, depending upon how much stimulus goes on here in the next several months. The consumer stimulus and a few things for airlines and banks and so on and so forth is going through Congress right now. But don't forget the Federal Reserve buys $80 billion worth of mortgages and anything else they can get their hands on every month. That's an additional trillion dollars a year, which is true stimulus holding rates down. There's nothing in the foreseeable future that suggests they're going to stop doing that. So rates might go up a little, not significant. Bond spreads, a little on the technical side, been some questions on this. When spreads tighten, just as a reminder, when the chart comes down, means they tighten. That means they're getting closer to where treasuries are of the same maturity. That's what they mean by tighten. Uh, price goes up. When the yields tighten, the price went up. The price went up, getting closer to treasuries. It means people aren't fleeing into treasuries for security and safety. They're out buying corporates and a lot of other risk 
year bonds, munis, high credits, junk bonds, all of that stuff. The bond market itself is very liquid, very active, and it's going to be much more active, especially on the muni side of things, when we start talking how much everybody's taxes are going to go up. It's not bad news. We've talked about that a great deal. The other side of the coin here is, is there anything on the energy side that might drive either inflation or major changes in the cost of gasoline, et cetera, et cetera? No. That industry is going through a huge adjustment. This is the Baker Hughes. How many rigs are out there looking for oil? How many rigs are looking for gas? Yes, they're way down. They're probably going to remain down for a while. There's so much production and oil and gas that's capped off because they can't get their price. OPEC understands this. We're going to see oil in the 50s. Gee, don't quote me on that. Uh, still be the 50s or low 60s for the foreseeable future. Any higher than that, people turn on domestic production, quit buying overseas, price comes down. You know how that works. Finally, a couple of questions on G. Is China the only economy out there that's really doing well? Well, here's everybody else. If you believe the numbers they're reporting, they seem to be doing positive and are going to have a positive GDP return for calendar year 2020. Well, China has to export to keep things going. The problem is they're not making any money on these exports. Their costs, internal costs, transportation, wages, availability of technology, costs are going up. Their number one purchaser of things, the United States, buying less. Their food inflation is high. Transportation is high. There's a lot of empty containers going across the oceans. That market is adjusting. The rest of these, we won't talk about the UK and Brexit right now. The US, South Korea, Japan, Germany may take a little longer. They'll all be positive this year. Okay, that's where we are. Don't worry about inflation. The market's going to do fine for the foreseeable future. Earnings are simply going up. The stimulus that's going into the economy, whatever it looks like out of Congress, is just a big transfer payment. That's very efficient money. That's just like buying something that immediately goes into the economy, pays rent, that kind of thing. Right now, no drama on the horizon. It's great. Thanks for joining me. Uh, again, if there are any questions, send them along at info at shwj.com. And have a great couple weeks.